0: This show is brought to you by Female Alliance Media, by women for women. Hello, and welcome to the Say It Out Loud podcast. I am your host, Christine Daynard, and the goal of this podcast is to encourage you to live your best and most authentic life by digging deeper and finding connection through vulnerability. I believe we have been taught that vulnerability is a weakness, when in fact, it is our superpower. In this space, I will share personal stories and conversations with others, so you can be empowered by their strength and inspired to take action in your own life. Thank you so much for being here. Now let's get started. Well, hello, and welcome back to the podcast. You've got me, Christine D, and I have a lovely guest. In fact, former Texan, I just learned, sitting here at the kitchen studio with me. We're going to chat about life and about how our guest has sort of stumbled into what she's doing now. So I'd like to introduce Jessica McBride, and I'm going to ask you, Jessica, to tell our audience a little bit about you and why you chose to come and chat with me today.
1: Hey, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Uh, I said, I followed you for a while. I loved your buzz tour. I really was hoping to get a chance to, you know, I I love your vibe of just the authenticity and the fact that, like, as women, we are so often diminished and told to not be ourselves and we're just made small by the world. And I think that something that I've stumbled into over the past few years is just how much more freeing it is to be an authentic person versus living my life masking because i'm neurodivergent and i spent the majority of my life making myself small and Mm. making myself palatable for those around me Mm. and i stumbled into the business that i operate now which is tech savvy assistant uh, by virtue of having to quit a job because my mental health was in the tank and In that time of kind of healing from the burnout of that job and really focusing on who I was and what I wanted, I realized just how small I was making myself and that I wouldn't speak up when I needed to speak up. And I just, I lived in this way that wasn't authentic to myself and it wasn't a good environment for me. Mm. Um, And I think. COVID changed the way that I lived and that I started working from home for the first time. And I'd spent my entire life working in offices. I've been working since I was 17. And it was just normal to feel awful. It was just normal for me to go home at the end of the day and lay in a dark room for hours on end just to try and get the energy to get up and go to work again the next day. And for what was such a horrible time as a world, I think that there were so many neurodivergent people that found that time really nice. It was the first time that remote work was wildly accepted and we were all doing it. And when I wasn't being interrupted 24 seven by somebody coming by my desk or you know having to listen to people sniffle or cough or just all these little noises that are normal in human, but as a neurodivergent can be incredibly overstimulating, I started realizing that I don't think I could ever go back. And I was working a job at the time uh, for a tech company here in the area. And it was really bad for my mental health to the point that nine months in, I would just lay on my bedroom floor crying about how little I wanted to, to log onto a computer and do this work. And I couldn't do it anymore. I just, I called my doctor and I was like, I'm, I need off. I need to get out of this. And he, he put me on medical leave and for the first time in my life I was able to rest and like recover and see you know what I was like when I wasn't being maxed out 100% and then I had a friend that she uh, was a freelancer she was using a website called upwork.com and doing some virtual assistant work and she's like I think that this would be a really good opportunity for you to to make some money while you are you know recovering I was like well what do I have to lose nothing so I, you know, threw myself into setting up a profile and applying for jobs and, you know, putting my best foot forward on these, like, f- small freelance positions. And I started slowly realizing, like, oh, I have a, I have a niche for this. Is that, like, I've worked in a lot of different companies. I'm someone, thanks to the neurodivergencies, that I never really stayed at a job more than two years. It was, I've learned what I needed to learn and I'm good and I'm going to go find something new and I'm going to chase that paycheck. And... With freelance, I kind of, you never lose that novelty because you're continuously taking on new work and you're taking on new projects and it's it's never of this is just your role and you're not going to do it because you're often working with small business owners that are so thrilled to have some support that I was able to broaden the things, the skills that I had. So I would start working with them for like regular virtual assistants and then I'd be like, hey, I noticed that you don't have anybody doing your social media. Can I try your social media? Can I do this version of the operations? Can I roll out an IT company? Like the the options were limitless working in small businesses and i think it's so funny because i was i was raised in a way that almost villainized working for a small business it was always no go go work for the walmarts go work for the amazons chase these big names and they're awful it's Mm. so bad to work there as someone like maybe it's the neurodivergencies but working in a stringent office environment has never been good for me i cannot handle the like rules that make no sense but They've done it that way for 30 years, so they're just going to keep doing it that way. And it was so difficult for me to say, do it and mm. like actually do it. And I always was trying to find ways around. And I think that's so funny because people with ADHD kind of get a bad rep and people are so quick. to be like, you're lazy, you're lazy. No, I'm efficient, OK? I'm not going to waste time on a bunch of processes that don't make sense to me. And small businesses and freelancing, it just flows so much better better and so I started working with a tech company and I worked there for about two years Uh, it was great I got to try out a ton of new things and I really grew um, in my confidence because it was the first time that I was in an I was working and I was being given autonomy because as a freelancer as a contract employee he couldn't tell me what to do. He, I, It's just two business owners that are collaborating together and we're working as a team. So he couldn't tell me what hours I needed to work or when I needed to be there. It was, I would really like for you to be able to make it to this meeting and that would be great. And you learn this level of responsibility and relying on yourself and it just slowly builds this confidence of maybe I can do this. Maybe this is something that I can you know build on. And I didn't really know what I was doing. I just, I enjoyed the experience of kind of getting to take on different things. So it really took a very unexpected layoff in February before I decided to build my own business. But it was just a solid foundation that I'd been building for the past couple of years, mm. and that level of confidence of just getting there and being able to take the risk and believe in myself. Hmm.
0: That's awesome. In fact, as you're talking, I mean, I see a lot of myself in your story. Um, you know, I haven't been identified or it hasn't been confirmed for me on the ADHD spectrum, but I'm certain I'm on there. And so I, I, I definitely relate with a lot of the aspects and it explains the absolute boredom that I get after doing something for too long or the same thing over time, like everything evolves or everything has to evolve. So I can really relate with you in that, in that area. But I can't help thinking as you're talking about how, you know, you had these different jobs, you did all these different things and work for different people and really weren't able to just work on your own and work how you work in the environment that you're working in. And it's almost like, you know, some little nudge, call it the universe, call it whatever you want to call it, but that some little nudge has been like. Okay, Jessica, let's push you down this little pathway over here. And here you are, now working for yourself, which it sounds like you sort of kind of fell into a little.
1: I did. I think it's so funny because there was um I think it was maybe November or so of last year. I was looking at a different job. i had been reached out to by a recruiter. And I was like, "Okay, maybe this is the sign. Maybe this is a sign from the universe. They really seem to want to hire me and maybe this is my chance to like take my next jump." And I was going back and forth with my therapist and I was like, I don't, I don't know what to do. And I was like, you know, maybe I'm, I'm in my resting girl era. Like I'm, I'm, <laughs> this is me relaxing. I'm not, you know, the job was, it was under control. It was kind of a slow period because they were going to lay people off and I didn't have that much to do. So I was kind of bored. And I was like, well, maybe this is, I'm just supposed to be resting right now. It's, I've always been so burned out. This is me resting. And she looked at me and she's like, mm, are you resting? Or are you understimulated? stimulated?" And I was like, wow, Shelly, did you have to come for my throat at that moment? (laughs) Like, I was not prepared to think about that thought. Uh, And I did. I did think about that thought quite a bit for a while. And then, you know, got laid off. I immediately threw myself into searching for another job the way that we do because we live in a society that requires us to have jobs to survive. And... Looking at the different jobs that I was applying for, things are very different than they were a few years ago. The economy has changed drastically. Hiring what power workers had gotten back during the pandemic is quickly being ripped back away from us. Um, And we're seeing people saying, we don't want you to work remotely. I can't imagine why that is. It couldn't be that you're a control freak and you need to know everything that's going on. (laughs) And I always thought it was so funny that like, they want us into the office so that they can keep an eye on us because they believe that if they keep an eye on us, we're not gonna waste time. I used to read books at my desk at <laughs> my last job <laughs> because I did my work in fifteen to twenty minutes. What do you like, what exactly did you expect me to do for the remainder of the seven and a half hours? I'm not going to just sit here I'm still going to find a way to waste time at the end of the day because that's all we're doing is we're killing the time until we get to go home well
0: and really at the end of the day if you're getting the work done what does it matter what is the difference yeah. I know I don't understand and I think too like so many people are facing I mean there still is there's gaps in in jobs and, and places all over the place and you know the question is still people are like but where did all the people go how come no one's working these jobs anymore and I'm like well they did what Jessica did yeah. <laughs> they they thought it went oh hold on a second I've got all these skill sets and I enjoy doing all these things and oh I'm helping that person over here and I'm helping that person over here and I'm oh oh shit I can actually just do this for myself Mm -hmm. instead of being you know clocked in and forcibly sitting in an office where you're not as productive you can't just get up and walk around and like you know do what you got to do to get through the day
1: what I keep coming back to is if you want me in an office, I demand that you create an office that's safe for me. Mm. Because how many places have I worked where I was sexually harassed or where I have been victimized by management in some way shape or form? I've watched organizations laud me and tell me they're so grateful to have me but never promote me, never give me opportunities to progress my career. And, you know, there was a situation where I was the last job that I was in office before the pandemic hit. I remember sitting in my review, and they're giving me this amazing review and telling me how they see such great future with me with the company. But there was nobody in leadership that looked like me. Mm. When your entire leadership team is men in their 60s, it's very hard for me to see a future for myself within that company. And when I reported sexual harassment at the company, nothing happened. It was just that's how he is. That's how he's always been. And he'd been at the company longer than I'd been alive. Wow. So... I am no longer the person that's going to go back into an office and be anxious to walk to the washroom because I have to walk by my abuser. And I'm not going to go back to that life. And it's not a unique story. I'm not the only person who's been sexually harassed in an office and had it diminished and minimized by organizations. And I'm not the only person who's suffered in terms of you know, women minorities. Our entire mm-hmm. existence is revolved around are we doing the right thing? Are we making the right choices? Are we impressing these people that have incredibly like high unrealistic standards? Yeah,
0: well, and that they hold the cards. They hold the it's cards. It's like we never felt like or haven't felt like we ever held the cards. We never had the choice. Yeah.
1: So this morning, for example, there was an article about how 39% of HR professionals will use, if you were to use like chat GPT or AI, which is kind of like my, my niche right now, is they would say that they're going to hold it against you as an applicant for using AI to apply the thing about what i love about chat gpt is someone who has been told my entire life you're too blunt you're too much you're too opinionated i have had to bend and accommodate myself and worry about the things that i'm typing and say my entire my entire life so that god forbid somebody doesn't think that i'm being too blunt or mean about the situation with ChatGPT, I can just ask ChatGPT, tell me what I need to say, and it's going to like write it in a professional tone. Um, for you know, we talked about like resumes and cover letters. These are professionalism is deeply rooted in colonial aspects of racism. The idea of professional is absolutely related to are you being white enough mm. and are you being neurotypical enough? Are you fitting these like very tight little boxes? And I think it's it's just funny to me that we have this tool that will allow us to play their little game okay i'm going to write my cover letter with ChatGPT, and i'm going to personalize it to my experience and your job but it's going to take me three minutes versus an hour and a half of my time that you're not going to read that you're going to reject anyway but tell me more about how i need to continue playing this little game with you of i spend a bunch of time on a resume i send it in you reject all the resumes and say, we can't find anybody to hire. Can you not find anybody to hire? Do you have completely unrealistic standards? You don't pay well, and you don't give time off, and you treat everybody like crap when they come in. There's lots of jobs out there. There's plenty of opportunity.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there is. And you know what? I, it's unfortunate because you're not alone. Like I can, I can think of at least a few jobs that I've had that sexual harassment was like, a regular occurrence, like and every time I would, I uh, you know try to use my voice in that sense, it was like, oh come on, Christine, this is just the way that it is, you know, and that no, that's not the way that it has to be, and it shouldn't be that way. It never should have been that way, and I'm glad that you know, like you're a younger generation than I am, but I'm so glad to see more of us speaking out loud about this. Like I really feel like, you know, there we've come through this time in the world where everything got really hard and really different, and in some ways really good, right? So there's silver linings in in every. Everything. But we've come through this time where it's like now we're at this place where change is inevitable, and it's like I feel like many of us went. Hold on, this is now working more in our favor. Now I can be louder. I'm going to be more of who I am. Like I'm seeing this more and more in these conversations that I'm having on this podcast with people that I meet out in the world. Like this is such a great opportunity for women to start coming out and and using their voice more and and deciding what what they want. Interestingly enough, I was just having a conversation with a woman we were talking about how. Like, we haven't been taught to make the decisions. We haven't been taught to decide who we wanna be, how we wanna show up, what it is that we want. It's just like, how do we fit into this box, like what you're talking about?
1: Absolutely. I was maybe 27, 28, and I just remember sitting at my desk, and somebody had asked me, you know, that dreaded question what do you do for fun? And I couldn't think of a single thing. I I had no concept of what who I was or what I wanted to do or what I did for fun. I had no hobbies because I had no energy for hobbies. Because my entire existence was go to work, make a paycheck, go home, cook my dinner, eat my dinner, watching Netflix, go to sleep, see my husband for you know two and a half hours because he had to commute to Mississauga every day, wake up, do the same thing the next day. So there was no time or opportunity to think, what do I enjoy doing? And that was why the pandemic was so eye-opening too for a lot of people, is that was a glimpse at what society could be if we didn't all have these work, you know, these jobs that we have to show up to every day. It's like we'd be baking bread and making art and providing our, you know, community services to other people. And the number of times that I've cried to my therapists about this is that I hate living in a society that my worth is tied to my physical labor. Mm. As someone who has struggled with chronic illness my entire life, you know, my energy is limited. It's very, I can do a few things and those, they could be very high value things and those things will take me out for a day. But... If we lived in a more, you know, collaborative community environment, it wouldn't be this transactional or this monetary transactional experience. It'd be like, wow, Jessica, you have such beautiful gifts. And then this other person has great gifts. And then we can energy exchange exchange these gifts. And we're all, we have the time and energy and space. And I know it's all a beautiful thing to think about. And we live in a world that's not going to happen. But it's all I want is I, I just am so exhausted by an unlivable life if you're not Mm able-bodied and it took me a long time to realize I was disabled and to come into that and you know I they will do anything to avoid diagnosing um, women and non-binary people with ADHD or autism like just straight up they they will go to every length I remember sitting in a therapist session her telling me I just think you're a highly sensitive person there was one story or one study done on highly sensitive people and every person that was diagnosed highly sensitive, ended up getting diagnosed with autism later on. Huh. And it's just that the idea of autism has been focused solely like on men so much that when women don't behave the way that an autistic man would, we are labeled anxious and depressed. And um, the ones they, they told me I had OCD tendencies. Like, no dude, that's actually just the ruminating thoughts in my brain from ADHD that never stop. Uh, and I just, it's just so draining to just wake up every day and like know when you're in a regular job, for example, it just every day is the same thing. I'm gonna go into an office. I'm going to have to be overstimulated. I'm gonna sit in these horrible lights and people are gonna come and talk to me when I really wish they wouldn't come talk to me. And there's no way around it. And that's just what you're expected to do. And I remember an ex just constantly telling me, everybody hates their job, everybody hates their life. This is just how it is. And I just knew in my heart, I said, this can't be real. Like this cannot be how we all feel. Like, how are we all just walking around this unhappy? And it took me getting laid off and starting my own business. And for the first time in my life, being able to, like, be creative and try all these new tasks and these new skills and seeing what I was actually capable of. Because you're, once again, you're made so small. And you're told, like, this is all you can do is you can run a schedule and you can place orders. And we're never going to give you any opportunity other than that. But when you start, you start doing things on your own and you're like wow that builds a level of confidence that you never like I never really thought was within grasp for me mm-hmm. because I was raised in a small town and I my parents expectation for me was that I got married and to the point that they told me we'll pay for a wedding but not your education wow so I was never expected to do anything with my life or be anyone and it took Lisa it took being laid off and going what actually makes me happy? What do I actually want to do and how can I do that? And I'm so lucky, I have a husband and I'm so grateful to have like the privilege of, of a safety net and that you know, he has a job and he's been very encouraging me since I got laid off. Of like, you don't have to rush. You don't need to jump into the first job that you get because you feel like you need a paycheck, like we'll be okay for a little bit. And that gave me the capacity. I think I interviewed five places and then the fifth one, it was like a third round interview. It was for a 40 workweek job that was fully remote, and I still was like, I don't think I'm going to take this job if they offer it to me because the idea of like working in such like a stringent environment where I really don't have a say over like what I do or my decisions, I just took my open to work banner down just randomly one day. I was like on LinkedIn, I was like, I don't, I don't think I'm open to work in that sense. I don't think that I want to go back into an office and be that treated that way. And, um, you know, tried new skills. I tried new different things. You know, we mentioned previous to the, to the podcast, starting. it talks about like, when you are a freelancer and you're working with small business owners, they're often so excited for the support. It's such a great way to expand your skills and your capabilities and your professional repertoire of you're doing general VA for work from them And then you're like, hey, you're not doing social media. Let me take over your social media. Let me try that out. Let me try, you know, writing some standard operating procedures for your company. You know, it gives you the ability to put your hand into a bunch of things that you wouldn't normally get that opportunity. And then congrats, like those are now marketable, you know, things that you can do to build your business in other aspects. And I think this is the dirty little secret they don't want us to know. This is why they don't want you to start your own business. <laughs> yeah. Is It's so empowering. And you'll never go back to working for someone in the same way and just being a yes ma'am and being like, yeah, sure, I'll take care of that. You're going to ask questions. Yeah. Why is it that way?
0: Yeah. Well, and I think that, you know, it's the way of the world in that this is what you do. And everybody's miserable. So why would you want to change? And then there are a few little bright lights that are like, mm, there needs to be change here. And the beautiful thing is that over time, as you continue to take on things that are lighting you up and that make you feel good and that um, you're enjoying as far as a career that you're creating for yourself, you're going to start showing all of these other women around you What's possible, you know? Because I mean, I hear a lot of women say, oh, no, 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 like, I would never want to be a small business owner. I'm happy to work at work. And the thing is, I think some people are are very content, and there's nothing wrong with working a a desk job, a corporate job, and uh, working for somebody else's job. There are lots of great jobs out there, or so I'm told, that (laughs) have great people to work for. And, you know, that is for some people, and that's okay. Like, we, I think that at the end of the day, the biggest the biggest takeaway is that we just have to follow what's right for us. And I think so many other people, including you and including me have gone, hold on a second. I see all these little boxes that you're trying to shove me into and I don't like them. They don't make me feel good. I don't do my best work there. I'm not productive. And like at the end of the day, I don't have a life right and i want more than that so i feel i feel a lot of what you're talking about it's funny cuz like i'm like well maybe this is just a my generation thing but as i sit here and chat with you i know that this is not just a my generation thing you know and and um you know so now that you're now that you're here so it wasn't like you were at work and you were like you know what i'm going to start a business and then build a business plan or actually i don't really believe in business plans <laughs> I believe in like. Here's a napkin. Here's a few ideas. Okay, I'm gonna roll with this. Oh, that's not working. Okay, I'm gonna try that thing. Oh, I'm gonna try that thing. I'm gonna try that thing. Which I believe is actually for a lot of us, which is what works. Because the second you create a plan, the plan is obsolete because something changes, something evolves, something you know, whatever happens. But it's not like you sat down and went like, okay, this is the thing I want to do. You just followed your gut and your heart went, oh, okay, I could do that. So like now that you're in that. Um, you know, what would you tell other people that are contemplating or are maybe just in a similar funky space that you were when you were doing what you do? Like, what was the, how did you get your first client? How did you start doing that? How did that happen?
1: I think there's something that I have to say that changed the way that my brain operates is that I took a course. Um, her name's Olive Von top. She does burlesque and she's local to the area. And she also does, um, like life coaching and she ran a program and it was F perfect. And she reached out to me because I'd done burlesque with her in the past. And she's like, I think you might benefit from this. And I'm the most suspicious person. Like, I don't sign up for any course. I believe that, like, I know everything. Like, I could not <laughs> possibly benefit from a course. Are you kidding me? But, you know, I've respected her. And I was like, I, it was that last job before, um, before I quit to do freelance. And I said, what do I have to lose at this point? Like, let me, let me join your course. And I think I absorbed maybe 40% of the course because I, I can't make a habit to save my life. So I missed some classes and like, I didn't do all my homework that I was supposed to do. And it was so eye opening. regardless the, the way that women have been conditioned to like minimize ourselves and our fear of being perfect. But I never saw myself as a perfectionist because in my mind, I wasn't good at anything. How could I be a perfectionist? And then you start to deconstruct the way that you won't start new things because you're afraid you're going to fail at them. Mm-hmm. And the circles, this goes to the idea of like when you start trying new things and they either work or they don't work and you can either make a decision to stay with it or to move on. But everything I failed has built confidence in some way. It's like, even if it didn't go 110%, like I had the was brave enough to try Mm -hmm. like at least like I gave it a go and you know most of the stuff's not going to kill me I might be embarrassed a little bit but trust me I'm very well acquainted with being embarrassed in my life so it's really you know (laughs) I don't actually don't even remember what the original question was though I'm sorry
0: oh that's okay you're 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 speaking from the heart that's all that matters I mean really um I just I love your I love how what Let's, let's take a little backtrack is that I think that there is, and I know even just from experience and the women that I work with is that there is like, a, there's a, there's a point where you have to identify what is the problem here? Oh, I'm the problem here or not the problem, but I am, I am what needs changing. I can't keep up with doing this box or fitting into the space or doing all these things that are required of me. Instead, I want to make some choices. So how do I go from here to over here. How do I shift that? And a lot of it has to do with self-reflection. Why am I doing this? What do I really want? Right? So, um, you know, I think we were just talking about how, like, if you, what was my question? Maybe clearly I'm not meant to ask it. kind of like how,
1: how somebody would begin to kind of shift into that idea. Yeah, like like, how did you get
0: your first, so you went and you did this, this course with her. And even though you maybe didn't, uh, you know, get all of the stuff from that course. you
1: took enough. You took it,
0: you took what you needed, right? I look at it like you took what you needed. And then, and then you got out there. So I'm asking because, I think that a lot of people and myself included that fear does hold us back and you know you weren't planning to do this but then it just started to happen so what was that step that you made how did that just start to happen how did how did you get that first client
1: so I had a friend that she told me about Upwork and Upwork is a mixed bag it either Mm -hmm. like there are some incredibly low-paying jobs and there's people out there trying to scam you and take advantage of you there are also a lot of small tech companies or other small businesses that will use Upwork to source contractors. So, I started out. My very first client was. It was truly just um, like a product discovery. Like they wanted my opinion on a new like video conferencing. So I just lucked out that I was able to give them some good feed or good feedback on the product. They gave me good feedback on my you know my portfolio. And I was able to continue to build from there. But I spent a lot of time on my on my profile making sure that it was filled out. I'm really thinking about how I could translate the work that I did in the offices that I've worked at into a freelance role where I know that I can provide regular virtual assistant services. Like it's very simple to be like, yes, I will handle your emails and I can handle communication and I'll do scheduling and things like that. But once again, try new things, try new products or no, new products, but... um different tasks and so I was never shy about if somebody better came along and offered me more money I was going to go take more money I was going to continue building my business from that and I think about how my first job in Canada I was making it was an executive assistant role and they paid me $35,000 a year and I sat in the office between a married couple and they would argue over my head (laughs) the entire time and so I lasted about three months before I left. When I left my last role, I was at 90K US. And so that's the difference of six years, I tripled my income via the ability to freelance. I would never do that in a regular office. There's no way that at 3% raise a year if you're lucky, you're never going to get ahead. And that's, once again, that's one of the dirty little secrets about owning a business is that you're able to take on more work to up your income. You're able to set your own rates. You don't have to negotiate nearly as much. You know i don't have people argue with me about my rates they respect well i think that you're worth it like i think that you do great work and that's just what you have to pay to like get good help unfortunately Mm. um so yeah just trying all the different things that i thought i could do if i read this job description i said yeah i could probably do like 20 percent of that i'd apply and i would put a lot of effort into you know let me explain to you how i could do that But people who work with freelancers are more inclined to give you a chance because Mm. there's no uh you don't worry pain pain, severance if it doesn't work out it's just we're done yeah um and i think that just that just changed and i my mom um so my dad was in the navy and my, my mom was a military wife and so she her entire existence was moving around for a man she was never able to have a job and i know that there are so many other women in this position as well it's not new that women are forced out of the workforce um via for their husband's careers raising children and then how hard is it to get back in virtual assisting and um, virtual work in general is going to be the difference for so many women to be able to to get work experience and get a good paying job and be able to build that freedom for themselves that's not an MLM because Mm. we all know that there's the stereotype of the MLM hey girl Um, and you know you can you can achieve so much you can make so much money if you just you know sell this product and so freelancing gives you that same remote experience of like I'm able to work freely I'm able to make my own business I control my income but you're not preying on anybody else to like build that business you're kind of doing it yourself And I just, I really think about the doors that are opened up. Because even if you're having trouble, if you live in a small town in Texas and you can't get good job experience, there's somebody online that's willing to hire you Mm. to help out with their, you know, their work.
0: Well, it really opens up the ability for you to grow your portfolio because Mm. everything in virtual, like you could work with anybody anywhere, you know, and I hear like even based on what you were just saying, it's like, you know, this is something that uh, I think that we really need to you know, bring home for so many people is that you just have to create and build the proof for yourself. You just need to build the confidence muscle. And the only way to build the confidence muscle is to try things. It's the only way we grow. It's the only way we get better. It's the only way, like, why were we taught that failure is bad? No, actually failure is what helps you get to the next step. It helps you go, okay, well, that didn't work out so well. So what was it about that thing? Why didn't it work out? And what was it about it that I loved? Okay, checkbox, checkbox, check, box, check box, box. Well, these things are not, okay, now I'm going to take these checkboxes. I'm going to go over here. I'm going to try this other thing. Mm-hmm. So by trial and error, trying new things that are new to you, and just really, you've created a bunch of proof for yourself, even though you, you started in in Upwork, it's called. Is that what you said? Um, that That gave you this confidence to be able to build on your skills and try all these different things and look at you now. Hey, I'm jumping in the middle of my own episode to let you know about a project I've been working on. It's called The Joy Project, an online membership-based community of like-minded women who want to be supported in living a more joyful life. There are monthly love seat group coaching calls, weekly socials to connect you with other women who want to live a more joyful life, lively discussions, guest speakers, and so much more. The community opens its doors on Monday, June 26, and it will be available to a limited number of guests. So don't miss this opportunity to be amongst other women who want to lift each other up and live more authentically. Find more by visiting itsmechristined.ca slash community.
1: Yeah, it really is. It's completely game changing. And I don't think that I ever, like I ever saw myself being a confident person. I don't know that I ever saw that future in myself at all. And you know, I I think about, I've been victimized so many times in my life, and there's like a lot of really terrible things that I've experienced, and it drains you as a person. You just end up in this like mindset of like, this is just the way that life is, and I'm never going to be happy, and I'm never going to do anything for joy. My entire existence is just going to be this slog, and it doesn't have to be. Um, you know, before I got laid off, there was a time period where I felt like my boss stopped respecting my opinion at a certain point. I had brought up some concerns about the racial dynamics that were going on in the company. This is me and my strong sense of justice. Can't keep my mouth shut about anything. (laughs) And I felt the dynamic shift drastically after that point where I no longer was considered the close confidant that I was. And so I was in this position of what do I do? Do I find not... If he's not utilizing me, I just have all the spare time. And I see this with assistants a lot is they, they're they like, I have so many skills, but all they let me do is one or two things and then I'm left with all of this time. And the advice I always give to them is, you have two choices, okay? You can brute force this. You can say, you know what? You're not gonna utilize me, but I'm gonna find other people in the organization that will. And there's probably somebody that's willing to be your sponsor and cheer for you and support you and help you break down walls. I personally at that point said, I'm just going to invest in myself. And uh, he didn't want to utilize me. Well, I'm just going to take a pottery class in the middle of the work day then. And I'm going to take a creative writing course. And you know what? I sucked. I sucked at pottery and I sucked at creative writing. <laughs> but it's okay because I look at the fact I took this creative writing course and it it was a new, very new thing for me. I wasn't really sure what I was doing with it. I really struggled with the creative aspect of it. I found that every time I would sit down to do creative writing, I would just kind of like basically have a therapy session about my life. I would just talk (laughs) about my life. And, but you know, it got me comfortable with writing. And I don't think that that's something that I was comfortable with before because I deal with uh, like task paralysis a lot. And it's sometimes it's very, very hard for me to like make that initial step of like, how do I, how do I get started? Mm. And coming back to ChatGPT, it's no surprise to me that I'm successful because I found a tool that breaks task paralysis. If you're not familiar with ChatGPT, it's um, a large language model that was produced by OpenAI. It was released to the general Public in December of 2022. And you can use it for a, a million and four different reasons. I find that it's an amazing first draft. So for me, when I'm thinking about writing something for tech-savvy assistant, I will say, these are a few sporadic thoughts that I have of something that I would like to write. Give me ideas on that I can build from, and it'll give you like an outline. It'll give you a draft. All those things that they told us to do in school, and I would just be like, I'm not doing that. I'm just going to write my paper. Um, <laughs> ChatGPT does it for me, and it's so funny. I'm like, oh, I guess it actually does help when you have an outline. While that they would preach that to me my entire existence. Uh, but it's just been so game changing. It's like, mm. you know, or something that we ran into, we run into as assistants admins is being asked to create something and you have no frame of reference, you're like, I've never, I don't know what that is. I don't know how to do it. And it used to be, you could go to Google and you'd be like, Hey, Google, how do I create a standard operating procedure? And it would kind of give you a good answer. Now, if you go to Google and you say, how do I make a standard operating procedure? Here's 17 HR companies that will take your email and possibly send you a free ebook. And maybe there's like two or three things that you can parse out of it. And then you go and you create your own Franken document. But (laughs) ChatGBT, I can just say, create a standard operating procedure. And it gives me a template. And then I go and I take that template and I personalize it to my organization. But it captures all those things that I wouldn't think about until like my fourth or fifth iteration of the process.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, because I think
0: too, first of all, in the nature of somebody who, like as somebody who is an admin or a virtual assistant, you're helping with the things to make them better for the organization. You're helping to tweak things, make them make more sense, but you have the base the groundwork, like you have the basic works, but you can just go in and play and make everything work better, which is probably how your brain works best, right? Yes. Instead of like I'm the same way. Ask me to create a framework. Ask me to write that business plan. Hell no. But give me all, I, I write all that stuff in there. And then eventually the, the, that framework creates itself. But it's like we work the opposite way. Yes.
1: I work from bottom up. Yes. I, I need to know what do you want at the end of the day? What yes. is, um, Brene Brown, I'm not sure if you know
0: Yeah, yeah her. Love
1: Brene Brown, super big on vulnerability. Um, we you know, getting rid of shame. Um, she has a thing where it's called Paint Done. And this is something that I've implemented into my work, which is um, somebody gives you an instruction, principal, CEO, whoever you're working with, is you ask them paint done, and by that I mean tell me what the finished project looks like, so I can achieve that for you. And that way we're not going into this where you tell me to do something, and then I go and I do a bunch of work, and then I bring it to you, and you're like that's the complete opposite of what I was looking for. Tell me what you're looking for, and I can make it happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. Otherwise, it's just a waste of time. Mm -hmm. I I hate going and like creating a first draft, and you know, running that through for approvals and bringing that back and then restarting it. And I don't have the energy for that. Just tell me what you want. I'll give it to you.
0: I love it. You know what? You've been such a breath of fresh air to chat with, and uh, and very funny as well. (laughs) entertained of like mm, this girl's taking over this podcast and I love it. I'm just sitting back. I'm just listening over here because you've got lots of great things to say. And I you've probably been noticing I'm sitting over here nodding my head to a lot of what you have to say because I've had very similar experiences. And I'm just so proud of you for, you know, diving in and doing this thing and just keep trying because this is how we learn. This is how we find our way. And um, you know, I would love to ask you, you mentioned earlier it's like I would go to work and I was so burnt out and I was so tired. I never did anything for fun. I didn't know what was fun for me so I ask you this now that you're in this different place and you're doing something that is bringing you more joy and you're leaning into your gifts have you tapped into some of those things that bring you happiness outside of work and are you are you doing those so you have a little bit more you know balance in how you're living living your life
1: I definitely have more balance Uh, I think it's hard when you um, you become really passionate about something you hyper focus on it Uh it becomes your baby and Uh you're just like uh, if I don't do all of the work on this right now. I'm going to miss that moment. And about two months into Tech Savvy Assistant, a colleague from like Australia, I'd mentioned that to her, that I just felt like if I didn't capture, it was like lightning in a bottle. If I didn't do it right then, I was going to miss it. And she was like, it'll be there. It's going to be there. Just take some time. And it was just what I needed to hear of like, okay, you're right. I'm allowed to rest. I'm allowed to relax. And so I burned myself out a little bit in the beginning, but then I slowly began like, okay, I'm going to go... For walks and I'm going to start painting again and I'm going to occasionally bake or cook a meal that I enjoy you know it's just all these like little small pleasures that I'd kind of forgotten have kind of creeped back into my life and I don't I don't know that I have any hobbies at the moment
0: um but it sounds like you're finding time for like you know like I know I've been in the place where you know you work your job and it's you're so done by the time you get home that like you don't even feel like making dinner so you just you know dial whatever is available or throw in a frozen pizza like whatever works because that's what you have the energy for but it sounds to me even though because I don't generally necessarily find myself like a hobbyist either but I like to throw myself into things and try different things Um, but that having that time at the end of the day and when you're not Not only just the physical time, but having the energy because you feel energized from the work that you're doing, that you now have the energy to do the things that all of a sudden someone says, hey, Jess, you want to go to this thing? Oh, yes, I do. Right.
1: Exactly. I have I have much better social life. I have a community of people. I I traveled. You know, last year was the first time that I ever got to went to London and Wales and I'd never been overseas before. And it was just so huge for me. Like as a small town kid, just always hoping for something bigger in life and getting to go to London. I just was like, this is my moment. Um, when I started working for the company based out of New York and I got to first plan my first event and I remember looking at my husband and God, I might cry even thinking about this, but I just remember looking at my husband saying, this is the person I always thought I would be hmm. when I was a child hmm. and I get to be that person now.
0: Oh girl, I, you know what? I feel you because this is this is like the the inner child in us. It's in all of us. And it was, it was sabotaged from a really early age that told us that we shouldn't be like a child anymore. We need to go and grow up and this is what we're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And when we can finally come home to ourselves, which is what you're doing, you're slowly coming home to yourself and you're like, oh, how does this feel so right? Well, because you're following everything in you that just feels better, right? Just because the world or the men of the world or whatever Created all of these boxes. They created them because that's how they worked. That's how they liked things, and that's fine. Maybe that worked back in whatever year they were created in, but they don't work anymore. They don't certainly don't work with a diverse, uh, you know, workforce, and they certainly don't work with women. And so, you know, it's it's time for change. And I'm so thrilled for you that you've been able to almost happenstance on these changes that have happened to you. But I think that you're very uh, awake to it. I think you're very aware of. Um, you know, that this is an opportunity for you. And once you start doing this for yourself, it's really hard to go back and work for somebody else. So you find this like motivation. Like I remember when I, when I walked away from my business and closed the business in December, people kept saying to me, where well, are you going to go get a job? What are you going to do? And I'm like, hell no. Like, I can't even imagine working for somebody else anymore. Now that I can develop and create and keep a business going through a pandemic, like I am like superwoman. I can't do anything. Yeah. Right. It is intense. But I also knew that I needed to take a break. I knew that I needed to take some time and just figure out what the next thing. We're not going to rush ju- into because that's what the world wants you to do. It wants you to like, feel like feel you have to, that's right. That's right right but we do have choices we always have a
1: choice not making a choice is a choice that's in itself.
0: right absolutely so I love that I think that your uh, our conversation here is going to help empower a lot of other women to start going oh you know like they're feeling this ache inside of them they're feeling Don't that same it. thing right and so follow it even if it's just one little baby step you know follow it to wherever it takes you because just like Jessica you just never know where it might lead you might lead you to this amazing new lifestyle that you're living and getting to know yourself right like on a whole different level so i i jessica i would love to sit and chat with you here uh continue to chat with you um but i would love for you to maybe allow our listeners to follow up with you and find you somewhere out in the interwebs so how tell people how they can find you and um and connect with you if if they'd like to do that
1: you can visit my website it is techsavvyassistant.com you can reach out to me on linkedin my name is jessica mcbride uh on instagram i am at at the tech savvy assistant and TikTok as tech savvy assistant. Somebody stole my username. So rude of them. (laughs) Um, and yeah, I'm so happy to talk to people about freelancing, women's empowerment, ADHD, anything. If you just need someone to tell you that you can do this, that's sometimes all people need to hear. And I'm happy to be that person because there were a few people in my life that continued to just root for me and encourage me and tell me about, opportunities that i never knew existed and when i got laid off the people that came out of the woodwork just to support me and offer me some help and that's something that i'm so dedicated to doing as i continue to grow is my books are always open if somebody needs you know assistant support another admin if they just want to know a better way to do a process sometime my calendar I'm happy to spend 30 minutes with you chatting that's the least I can do to get back to you know the culture that has brought me to where I am at this point
0: yeah that's amazing awesome well thank you so much for being here and chatting in the kitchen yeah. and uh, to our listeners I know that there's little seeds in here for you Like <laughs> maybe even there's some really big ones and you know if you're not already evaluating I hope this conversation has got you you know digging a little bit deeper what do you want how do you want to feel at the end of every day how do you want to live this life how do you want to enjoy yourself on the sidelines. Um, or and maybe I shouldn't even say sidelines. How do you want to enjoy your life? Because it shouldn't be just from the sidelines, right? It's a we, we fully embody life. It's a whole experience. It's not just one thing or another. So however you find yourself doing that, uh, I wish you well. And I hope you pick up those seeds. And once again, uh, we'll see you again on the next podcast. See you later thank you for listening to this episode. I'd like to invite you to hit the follow button on this podcast so you'll be notified when the next one drops. And if you liked this episode, please leave a review as it will help others to find this message. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at It's Me, Christine D. Or if you'd like to connect about being a guest on the show, ask me about group or one-to-one joy and mindset coaching, learn more about the Joy Project community, or about hiring me for your next speaking engagement, please visit itsmechristined.ca. Thank you again. I'll see you next time.